The Baltimore Orioles just keep beating the Toronto Blue Jays. It's another series win over the Jays as the O's beat Toronto 4-2 on Tuesday night. I'll recap it all. Plus, we talk about Ryan McKenna, who's having a red-hot August. Can he be a contributor for this Orioles team, not just for the rest of the year, but for years moving forward? That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles. Your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, August 17th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to start by recapping another Orioles victory. O's four, Blue Jays two in Toronto as the O's win the series. We'll get you the five things you need to know from that O's victory. Then we'll take a look at Ryan McKenna, who has been red hot offensively in August so far and is really showing the hitter that he had been throughout his minor league career. So the question we try to answer on today's episode, can Ryan McKenna be some sort of future piece for the next really, really good Baltimore Orioles team. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Locked On Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. If you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could give a five-star rating and a review, really helps the pod. And of course, we're right here on the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel as well. And thank you all so much for getting Locked On Orioles on YouTube, over 1,000 subscribers. And if you haven't heard already, because we're over 1,000, we're doing a giveaway here on the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel. And you can win the Cedric Mullins 30-30 bobblehead. All you have to do is two things. One, subscribe to Locked On Orioles on YouTube. And two, leave a comment on any of our five YouTube episodes this week, Monday through Friday, any of the five, leave a comment telling me your favorite moment that you have witnessed at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in person, or if you've never been to the ballpark, but you're still an Orioles fan, comment with your favorite moment that you've seen on TV happen at the ballpark that forever changed baseball. After Friday, I will randomly select one commenter and one subscriber on the YouTube channel and announce on Monday's episode who wins the Cedric Mullins bobblehead. But again, we thank you, the listeners, for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. For your first listen today, let's start with Orioles and Blue Jays. Your final score, Orioles 4, Blue Jays 2, as the O's take the series, winning the first two games up in Toronto. With the victory in this one, Orioles get to 61-55 and 55 on the season. They are just a half game back of the Toronto Blue Jays for the third and final wildcard spot in the American League. Now, as I record here at 10.15 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday night, the Rays once again defeated the Yankees in a 3-1 to game. The Yankees just can't score right now, so the Rays do stay a game and a half up on the Orioles. Uh, Seattle just getting going. The Angels have an early lead in that game and then the twins are currently leading the royals while the white Sox trail the astros of course both those teams sit just a half game back of the orioles so standings will be jumbled a bit but what we do know is the o's will be at worst a half game out of a playoff spot going into wednesday but i'm gonna get you the five things you need to know from the orioles four to two win 
of the Blue Jays on Tuesday night. The first thing you need to know is that Dean Kramer put together one of his best starts in a Baltimore Orioles uniform. And when the O's needed it most, Dean Kramer, who has really struggled against the Blue Jays throughout his career, came through in the clutch. Kramer's final line in this one for the O's, he goes seven innings, allowing just two runs on seven hits, strikes out six, walks just one, and does give up a homer. Threw 98 pitches to get through those seven innings and lowered his ERA to 3.58 on the season. Now, listen, the Blue Jays barreled him up a little bit in this game. Do not get me wrong. Blue Jays had 10 hard-hit balls against Dean Kramer in this game. That's any ball off the bat with an exit velocity of 95 miles per hour or higher. And there were some balls that were scorched, including in the first inning when George Springer led off the game with an infield single. And then Vladimir Guerrero hit one of the more impressive line drive home runs I have ever seen. The ball was 111.3 miles per hour off the bat. A rocket two-run shot from Vladdy Jr. Quickly made it 2-0 Blue Jays, two batters into the bottom of the first. And you're thinking, oh no, things are going to go poorly for Dean Kramer. But he turned things around and after that home run he allowed to Vladdy, he allowed just five hits for the rest of the game, struck out six, walked just one, and did not allow a run. It was seven consecutive scoreless innings after the single and the two-run homer. And Kramer just had it working. I mean, he was fired up when he got that final out of the seventh inning. Rugnet Odor made a stellar play uh, for Kramer's final out in the seventh to keep the Orioles up 4-2 to two at the time. And that was some of the most emotion I've seen from Dean Kramer on the mound. But, well, he was cutter-heavy in this game for the Orioles. And what was interesting as well is that in this game, StatCast at least, and you know, you never know when it's one game, it might just be an error in the system, but they had Dean Kramer throwing a lot of sinkers in this game, which is interesting because he's basically been a four-seam and cutter guy throughout his career. Never in his career has a sinker shown up on StatCast, but for Kramer... In this game, he threw a whole lot of cutters. He, of his 98 pitches on the day for Dean Kramer, 39 were cutters. Then 23 registered as four-seamers, and 18 of his pitches registered as sinkers. Now, those sinkers sat 92-93, a little bit of a tick down velocity-wise from his four-seamer, which was 94-96 all night, while the cutter was 88-91. But it was interesting to see the sinker. Because Dean Kramer got a lot of ground balls in this game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And maybe that was due to a sinker, because other than that, he threw nine curveballs and nine changeups as well. And, you know, he was getting whiffs, 13 whiffs on 47 swings, including eight whiffs on that cutter, which, you know, has had its issues lately, but was dominant in the start on Tuesday night. It was the reason that he got through seven innings. And I just liked what I saw from Dean Kramer, but this will really be something to key in on is that sinker. Because again, he has never thrown a sinker, according to StatCast, in his two-plus years with the Orioles, and this registered him as having thrown 18 sinkers in his start on Tuesday, just something to watch. But Kramer goes seven innings for the second time this year. Of course, also threw seven scoreless in that dazzling start in Seattle back on June 28th. But what a big, big outing for Dean Kramer. Second thing you need to know in this one is that the Orioles got the long ball going a little bit in this one to help them to victory. And it was the back-to-back -back long ball that got it done for the O's in the fifth inning. They were being completely shut down early in this game by Alec Manoa, who looked like he was 
having one of his better starts of the season once again through four scoreless innings, four and two-thirds scoreless actually, but with the O's trailing 2-0, nobody on, and two outs in the fifth inning, Cedric Mullins turned one around for his 11th home run of the season, hitting one off Manoa out to right center field. Off the bat for Mullins at 103, traveled 408 feet for a solo homer, cut the lead in half. And then your next batter, Adley Rutschman, takes a breaking ball down and in. That pitch was out of the strike zone and golfs it into the right field seats for a solo homer, 102 off the bat, traveled 411 feet for Rutschman's seventh homer of the year as him and Mullins go back-to-back and just quickly immediately tie that game at two against Alec Manoa. And, you know, Adley Rutschman was not done, who reached base Three times in this game, also had a single in the ninth, had a walk, two for four, with a walk and a strikeout. For Mullins, it was his only hit on the day, but of course it was a big one with the home run in this one. Third thing you need to know from this game is that Ramon Arias had a big night that he desperately needed. Because after Arias was red hot in July, he's cooled off a little bit for the Orioles here in August, but had a big night in this one. Two for four with two singles and RBI, two hard hit balls for Arias out of the seven hole tonight. And he had the game winning hit in this one. Coming up with a two out RBI single that knocked Alec Manoa essentially out of the game in the sixth inning and put the Orioles up three to two. At that point in the game, just a nice piece of hitting from Arias. Listen, ball wasn't crushed off the bat, just 88 miles an hour, but it was a good swing. It gave the Orioles the lead at the time and was a big-time hit for Arias. And it basically did the job because, you know, the next batter was Jorge Mateo. He walked, and Alec Manoa was out of this game. The Orioles added one more run off of him on a Ryan McKenna RBI single in that inning. And when it was all said and done, Manoa, five and two thirds, four runs, four hits, seven Ks, four walks, and two homers for one of the better pitchers in the AL against the Orioles on Tuesday night. Fourth thing you need to know from this Orioles 4 to 2 win is that in terms of Oriole pitching, it was ground balls galore that they got. And I mentioned with Dean Kramer with the 18 sinkers, he was getting a lot of ground balls. The Orioles, of their 27 outs they recorded in Tuesday night's win, 14 of them were ground ball outs, and eight of those 14 were vacuumed up by shortstop Jorge Mateo, and there were even a couple of other balls hit to Mateo. There was the one to start the game from George Springer. He maybe could have gotten the out, ended up being an infield single, and then there was the play where there was an infield single and then a throwing error on Mateo on a ball hit to shortstop. So theoretically, there could have been 16 of the 27 outs on ground balls, and 10 of them hit to shortstop, and it was just ground ball stuff, and you have to think if Kramer is really throwing a sinker now that that has to be the reason. Then, of course, you get Dylan Tate, who throws another dominant eighth inning with three ground ball outs, setting down the Blue Jays' one, two, three, and then Felix Bautista got a ground ball in the ninth. But, you know, the Orioles have so much better defense this year. Defense has been a struggle the past couple of years of the rebuild, but they've solidified that defense with Arias at third, Mateo at short, and Odor at second. They vacuum everything up in the infield, and it showed tonight with so many balls on the ground. Some of them hit pretty hard, and the Orioles had no issue gobbling them up in this game. And the fifth and final thing you need to know is that, well, I mentioned Dylan Tate and Felix Bautista. They just came in and got the job done in this one. After Dean Kramer gave the Orioles seven strong innings, they went to the bullpen with a 4-2 to lead in the bottom of the eighth, and the Oriole bullpen did not allow a base runner. Dylan Tate, 1-2-3 on 12 pitches with three ground balls in the eighth inning. And then Felix Bautista, one, two, three, with a ground ball and two strikeouts in the ninth inning, 
on just 11 pitches. I mean, Bautista was absolutely nasty. It was filthy to watch him work against those Blue Jays hitters in the ninth inning. Dylan Tate threw more sliders than sinkers. Felix Bautista threw more splitters than fastballs. So they were going with the off-speed stuff. It was working. And the Orioles get the 4-2 win to pull within a half game of the Blue Jays. And they didn't even need Ryan Mountcastle to do it. The Blue Jay killer Ryan Mountcastle was 0-5 for with a strikeout in this game. And the Orioles still get the victory in Toronto. But the one guy in that win that I only mentioned briefly was Ryan McKenna, who did have another nice day. A 1-for-3 with a big insurance RBI single in the 6th. Also drew a walk in this game and had two hard hit balls. And for McKenna, who got the start in left field hitting ninth, it continued a torrid, torrid pace in the month of August. And coming up next, we'll take a look at how hot McKenna has been at the dish in this month so far for the Orioles. But first, got to tell you about liver health formula. Because did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is actually through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. And most of us, you know, we've overworked our livers. But now, it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver. And best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. And as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today. So go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free. One more time, go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to get started now. So the Orioles take down the Blue Jays 4-2 on Tuesday night, winning the first two games of that series in Toronto. They'll go for the sweep later today. But want to take a look at Ryan McKenna, who once again helped the Orioles win, had a big game Monday night, had a big game Tuesday night. Goes one for three with an RBI single in the sixth inning, a big insurance run, also drew a walk in the ninth inning as well. And Ryan McKenna starting to get onto people's radars. And it felt like when we saw Tuesday's lineup come out for the Orioles, it was a big step forward for Ryan McKenna because generally this season, when we've seen Ryan McKenna in the lineup, it's usually because one of the regular outfielders, whether it be Hayes, Mullins, or Santander, is just getting the day off or they have a nagging injury and Ryan McKenna is in the lineup. Or what we've seen a little more lately is that Brandon Hyde is playing a little bit of a platoon with McKenna and Mullins because McKenna has been so good against lefties, whereas Mullins has struggled so much against lefties this year. On a night like Monday night, when the lefty Yusei Kikuchi was on the mound for Toronto, McKenna got the start and Mullins was on the bench. But Tuesday, it was a right-handed pitcher on the mound in Alec Manoa, and the Orioles' entire outfield was healthy and rested. And you felt like, well, McKenna's probably on the bench. But that lineup came out, and there in the nine hole is Ryan McKenna starting in left field with a healthy Austin Hayes sitting on the bench. And it really felt like a step forward for Ryan McKenna's place on this team, which we'll get to later, because that hasn't happened too many times this year. But the reason why McKenna was in this lineup is that he's been playing really well. Now, on the season in total, he's been playing well. His stats coming into Tuesday before he reached base two more times, 
In 76 games, most of those have been as a defensive replacement or pinch runner, but he's got 130 plate appearances coming into the game on Tuesday. He's hitting 271 with a 320 on base, 398 slugging on the year, two homers, a 102 WRC+. plus. That means he hasn't been amazing, but he's been 2% better than your average MLB hitter. And he's got a 1.3 war, according to Fangraphs. And coming into play on Tuesday, that 1.3 war on Fangraphs for Ryan McKenna was tied for sixth best on the Orioles. He's actually tied with Austin Hayes, worth 1.3 wins coming into Tuesday. The same Austin Hayes who, you know, through June was looking like he was going to be an all-star. And now Ryan McKenna, pretty even with Hayes, the only guys above McKenna, Adley Rutschman, Cedric Mullins, Jorge Mateo, Anthony Santander, and Ramon Arias in that order in terms of Fangraph's war. And for McKenna, a lot of it has been about his second half. He's been red hot at the plate in the second half, and especially here in the month of August. This includes the one-for-three night with the walk on Tuesday. But McKenna in August is now 9-for-24 at the dish. That is a 375 batting average with three doubles, a home run, five singles. He's got five RBIs and only three strikeouts to two walks in that time for Ryan McKenna. It's been pretty impressive. I mean, you know, that is a sample size of 27 plate appearances to have only three strikeouts for Ryan McKenna. And, you know, he's got just shy of a 50% hard hit rate in the month of August. He's hitting the ball in the air way more. It's his lowest ground ball rate in terms of any month. He's hitting the ball in the air way, way more than he has all season. And it comes after a pretty solid July where he didn't get a lot of chances, but he was 7 for 25 in July. That's 280 average. He had a 773 OPS in the month of July. He's just swinging the bat better. He's looking more confident. He's hitting the ball harder. And the big thing as well is, you know, the strikeouts are down for Ryan McKenna. And, you know, he had always been a guy who could hit. He had some great offensive stats throughout his time in the Orioles system since they drafted him back in 2015. And, you know, we've even seen when he's gone down to AAA a few times over the past two years. Even since he made his Major League debut, he's just dominated AAA. I mean, earlier this year he went down, he had a three-homer game in AAA, and then he's, he's back in the big leagues. He just continued to, to dominate minor league pitching, and it didn't come at first in the major leagues. But maybe that bat that we saw throughout the minors when he was a fairly highly rated prospect is finally coming around. And the key, again, is, you know, for him, obviously hitting the ball harder and hitting the ball in the air. It's what made Ramona Rios so much better this year. But for Ryan McKenna, you know, he's got the speed. He can contact the ball well. He can barrel the ball. But he was just swinging and missing so, so much early in his career that it didn't even matter. He was a strikeout machine early in his career. But look at Ryan McKenna's strikeout rates by month this year. In April, 44%. That is a horrendous strikeout rate. To put that in perspective, Brett Phillips, who's basically struck out, it feels like every time he hits, is at 41% this season. Then it goes down to 37% in May. It stays the same, about 38% in June. And then down to 29% in July, and then just 13% in August coming into Tuesday for Ryan McKenna, who also did not strike out in Tuesday's game either. So that strikeout rate drops to around 10% or lower for Ryan McKenna. So you look at how his swing has really stayed the same, but his approach has differed. He's laying off a lot more pitches out of the zone. His chase rate is way down over the past couple of months, and he's hitting the ball more in the air. 
Well, that leads to much more success for Ryan McKenna. And it's been great for the Oriole offense because, you know, Mullins hasn't been great against lefties. McKenna has. And Hayes has struggled in the second half. McKenna's been good. The Orioles traded away Trey Mancini. McKenna has helped to fill that void in the offense a little bit. But then you get to kind of the next question for Ryan McKenna. And that is, well, he's still young. He's still 25. How does he fit in for the rest of this year? But more importantly, maybe, how does he fit in moving forward with the Orioles? Because many of us a couple months ago would have said, eh, he's maybe not long for this Oriole team. But now, maybe he's got a shot to stick around with the O's. And we'll talk about what that shot could look like for Ryan McKenna coming up in just a moment. But first, let's think about this. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's, it's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life and someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So we're talking Ryan McKenna here on the podcast. He had another big night. The Orioles win it 4-2 over the Blue Jays in Toronto on Tuesday. And we talked about how good Ryan McKenna has been in the month of August. Hitting 375, hitting the ball harder, not striking out nearly as much hitting the ball more in the air, much less ground balls for Ryan McKenna. And he's just been more confident at the plate while still adding the great defense he can play in all three outfield positions. He's had six outs above average in the outfield in total this year. That's a good number for a guy like McKenna. And he continues, although he's only stolen two bases, to be a speedy base runner, a solid base runner who can be a pinch runner for you late in games. But the question I'll try to answer now is, you know, what is McKenna's role moving forward? this year and for years to come. Because again, Ryan McKenna is 25. You know, he didn't come to the big leagues until last season. He's got plenty of years of control left with the Orioles. So if they want to, they can have Ryan McKenna around for a long time. And, you know, I thought most of this season, best case scenario, Ryan McKenna is your fourth outfielder on a good Orioles team. And if that's still the case, well, that's a great fourth outfielder to have if he's hitting like he is right now. But is there even a chance he's more than a fourth outfielder moving forward? Is he maybe a platoon bat that platoons with a left-handed hitter like a Cedric Mullins and just plays against lefties? And other than that, is kind of your fourth outfielder pinch runner defensive replacement? It's certainly a question. I mean, you know, he's been in this Orioles system for a long time. One of these holdover guys from the past regime. Fourth round pick out of high school in 2015. Hit super well in the minor leagues. It just didn't come together in the majors until right now. And you look at this Orioles team, and this would have been crazy to say a couple of months ago when Austin Hayes was lighting the world on fire and was an all-star candidate back in June. Austin Hayes has been really bad since July started. I mean, it's been rough. And Austin Hayes in August is now 6 for 32. 
That is a 188 batting average for Hayes in August. He's starting to get dinged up again. Injuries haven't taken him out for a long amount of time, but he's had to sit here and there from some different injuries this year. And I know the wrist has really been bothering him all year, the wrist in the hand, and, and that's been an issue. But, you know, the data on the surface doesn't look good for Hayes lately. And the data below the surface, a lot of the StatCast sliders and the StatCast numbers not looking good for Austin Hayes. And Ryan McKenna just straight up started over Hayes on Tuesday night. Is there a world where McKenna is a better option? I'm not ready to say that now because Hayes has a much longer track history of being a better player at the major league level than Ryan McKenna. No question about that. But remember, a lot of people were really high on Ryan McKenna at times in the Orioles system. I mean, in the Fangraph's preseason prospect rankings for the Orioles system, and this is when the system really started to take off, you know, right around before the 2021 season. Eric Longenhagen of Fangraphs, who I think does the best job of evaluating prospects, and I trust him the most in these rankings, he had Ryan McKenna ranked 7th in the Orioles system. That was one spot ahead Jordan Westberg, who was 8th. He really liked Ryan McKenna as a prospect. And I kind of liked Ryan McKenna as a prospect, although not nearly as much as Eric did. And now we're starting to see that bat that had showed up his entire time in the minors but lagged behind when he got to the majors. This is the bat he had, and I talked about it. It's just about making better swing decisions. He's not swinging and missing as much. He's striking out way less, and he's hitting the ball in the air more, and it's turning into success at the plate in this second half for Ryan McKenna. And would he be a perfect fourth outfielder slash platoon bat to have on a good baseball team? I really think he would be. I mean, you look at the defense, you look at the speed, you can bring him in at the end of games and he helps your team. And then in terms of platooning, listen, coming into play on Tuesday, Ryan McKenna's got a 167 WRC plus against left-handed pitching this year. Now, it's in, you know, a low amount of plate appearances, a low sample size, but he's been 67% better than the average major league hitter against left-handed pitching this year. That is a big time number. Now on the flip side, a 62 WRC plus against righties has not been great against right-handed pitching, but against lefties, he is crushing them. And if the hitter we're seeing this year of Cedric Mullins, which is just a little bit better than major league average with a really good glove in center field. If that's the Cedric Mullins we get moving forward, I would still love to hold on to Cedric Mullins. But if next year you're maybe platooning Mullins and McKenna, where Mullins plays more because he's playing against the righties and you see more right-handed pitchers, but you have McKenna playing against the lefties and Mullins sits, I wouldn't be horrendously mad at that if we continue to see this current August version of Ryan McKenna. And that's the big question. Can he sustain what he's doing? But if he can, at the very least, he could be a fourth outfielder slash platoon bat, slash a guy you want on the roster on these good Orioles teams for years to come. He's still got more to unlock in that bat. I think there's still some more power to see in that bat. You know, he's still only got the two home runs. The power still hasn't really come along yet. But he showed it in the minors, and I think he's still got it. And I think Ryan McKenna is going to be, if he's anything close to this, a valuable player for the Orioles moving forward. But he's sure been valuable with Mancini gone and Hayes struggling. They've needed what he's given them in August, and he's helping the Orioles stick right in this playoff race. But speaking of this playoff race, the Orioles, well, they can get another huge win towards this playoff race. If they can complete the sweep today, a 3 o'clock game 
Orioles and Blue Jays O's going for the sweep. And if they win, would jump back into a playoff spot. Then I'll be back with you here on the pod tomorrow. Of course, recapping game three between the Orioles and the Blue Jays, giving you the five things you need to know from that one. And then we'll get back into talking some Orioles draft talk. We'll talk about two more guys who the Orioles selected in the MLB draft a couple of weeks ago and break down how they could help out the Orioles moving forward. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.